This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. The pandemic is a health and economic crisis. 2020 delivered a once in 100 years blow that's seen policymakers scramble to protect lives and livelihoods. We talk a lot about the health issues of coronavirus. So in this Squish Shortcut, we focus on the other side of the equation. We'll get acquainted with commonly used economic terms, things like GDP, inflation and unemployment. And we'll have a look at where Australia's books are at. We'll also give you a heads up on a few things to look out for this year. Squish Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. The economy can be a big and unwieldy topic, Claire, and like any technical subject, there's lots of jargon and abbreviations. That can either make you sound very smart or lock you out of conversations. I know I'm (laughs) generally locked out of conversations. So let's break that down and get our bearings. The overall health of any economy comes down to a number of individual factors working together. Let's start at the top with GDP, which is gross domestic product. GDP is the big one that's used when we're talking about the size of the economy and whether it's growing or contracting. Specifically, it's a measure of the monetary value of final goods and services produced in a country in a given period of time. So that's everything from bananas grown in far north Queensland to legal services provided in an office in Perth CBD. And here in Australia, Claire, the Bureau of Stats releases a GDP update quarterly through what's called the National Accounts. This update is where we learn if the Aussie economy is growing or if we're in recession, something we've heard a lot about this year. A recession is something that happens when a country has two consecutive quarters of negative growth. And I love the term negative growth. I think they call that an oxymoron. All that means is that the economy is contracting and that's not good. Here in Australia, we've had an incredible period of economic growth until the coronavirus crisis hit last year. More than 28 years, in fact, that made us the world record holders. That's not to say that everything was great pre-COVID. Our GDP was running below where the Reserve Bank and policymakers wanted it. But we've been consistently in growth. But of course, the events of this last year played havoc with the economy. For the first six months of 2020, Claire, the economy went into recession. The April to June quarter recorded the largest fall since quarterly measurement began in 1959. Yeah, and we didn't do it by halves. But then came the July to September quarter and a rise of 3.3%. So Mm. overall, though, when you look at the last 12 months to that point, Australia's economic activity fell 3.8% through the year to the September quarter. We will say a fair few percentages. I hope we don't lose people, but that does bring us up to speed. The next lot of national accounts will be released on the 3rd of March, and that will cover the October to December quarter. That will give us a complete top-level picture of the health of the economy for 2020. But Claire, there are some other important measures that go into assessing the health of our economy. We'll cover what those are now. Claire, we've already talked about GDP. There are a few other things that come up when talking about the health of the economy. Let's bust some of those words right open. Another big ticket item is inflation. 
It's a measure of the rise and fall of prices and it's a balancing act. Too much inflation can see people worse off if their wages aren't keeping up with the rise in prices, Mm. but too little means that the economy can stagnate. So the Reserve Bank has a target of 2 to 3% inflation and it's currently running at 0.9%. That means there's not much chance of a pay rise anytime soon, I'm sorry to say bearer of bad news. Moving on to employment, that's a pretty good segue. It's had quite a ride in the last year too. Just a note on what this measures. In order to be unemployed, people must be actively looking for work and available to start work during the week they accounted in the survey. So our unemployment rate was tottering along between 5 to 6% for ages when it spiked at 7.5% in July last year. You'd remember economists thought that it might reach 10% and it didn't get that high, mm. but it did mean that an additional 875,000 people were out of work and required government income support. Thankfully, it's come back down to 6.6% in December, and that means that 90% of those who lost work, thanks to COVID, are back in the workforce. And that's the good news. There are some issues with all of that, though. We'll talk about it a bit later. But Claire, the other thing left to mention when we're talking macroeconomics is interest rates. They're at an all-time low. Yeah, just 0.1%. The Reserve Bank sets rates and what it says is that it doesn't think that rate will rise for at least three years. What they want to see is inflation hit that 2 to 3% target range before they're going to think about increasing interest rates. And for that to happen, wages will need to go up and unemployment will need to come right back down. Low interest rates, of course, Claire, make it more attractive for individuals and businesses to borrow and invest and keep those economic wheels turning. There's so many other factors that go into the health of the economy as well. Retail sales, building activity, home prices, tourism, agricultural production, mood. (laughs) And that's why we keep a really close eye on the Bureau of Stats Data And we do that every day and squeeze the day. Yeah, we love a bit of official data. That's a big clue as to what my recommendation is. That's the big ticket items looking at Australia as a whole, Claire. Let's take a look now at the factors that will shape the discussion going forward. Claire, it's impossible to predict what will happen in 2021. Every prediction and projection seems to have an asterisk against it, indicating a high degree of uncertainty. But there are some things we know, and the first to mention is the impact border closures have had and will continue to have on Australia's economy. The first to mention is our $160 billion tourism sector, which employs about 700,000 Aussies, or at least it did. The closure of the international border almost a year ago stopped about a third of that activity and the industry suffered big job losses. Looking ahead, the federal government has already flagged that our national border might not be opened until the end of this year. And meanwhile, there's a focus on a travel bubble with New Zealand and other Pacific Island nations that are deemed to be safe so that we can go there and they can come here without quarantining. But really, it's our domestic border closures that have really hit the tourism sector. Domestic tourism accounts for about 70% of activity and the state and territory border closures have played 
made havoc with Australians' ability to travel interstate. As a case study, the border closures that came into force as a result of the two outbreaks in Sydney before Christmas will see the tourism sector lose an estimated $6.8 billion between 24 December 2020 and the 31st of January 2021. Not a very long period of time to lose a lot of money. That was particularly devastating given it was peak season. Many operators were relying on a strong summer following that horrific bushfire season of 2019-2020. Aside from the tourism sector, border closures have a detrimental impact on other parts of the economy. There have been plenty of stories across the year about supply chains being interrupted, Mm. farm workers being prevented to travel, to pick fruit, to harvest crops, to shear sheep and the like, uh, as well as very real personal stories people have about not being able to cross state borders. The economic story is also very real. Kind of that stuff you don't typically think of, but it all has an impact. State leaders like Premier of New South Wales, Gladys Berejiklian, have advocated for keeping borders open to minimise the impacts on the economy. Meanwhile, on the flip side, Queensland's Anastasia Palaszczuk has closed her borders and kept them closed for extended periods of time, saying it's an important measure to stop the spread of the coronavirus and to keep her state's residents safe. Claire, with that in mind, Palaszczuk has asked Prime Minister Scott Morrison to extend the JobKeeper payment for struggling industries like the tourism sector. And that's something that the federal government has said no to at this stage. It brings us neatly, though, to the second thing that will be talked a lot about in this part of the year, and that's JobKeeper. It's the government's support package to keep people connected to work. What happens is the government pays employers to help them pay their employees, whether they're working or not. And it's costing taxpayers more than $100 billion as part of a $250 billion package that the government has pumped into the economy. So it's a whopper. And it's due to end on the 28th of March this year, not long to go. So there are a lot of questions about what will happen then. Yeah, like will employers keep those staff on or will they let them go because they can't afford to keep them on? Mm. And while our economy isn't as bad as it could have been, it's an open question about whether it's strong enough not to see a wave of people who were on JobKeeper form a line outside of Centrelink when the end of March rolls around. And to finish up, the third thing that will be a theme of the year is how the rest of the world is going. We don't have time to tackle every country, of (laughs) course, but Claire, our economy isn't an island. But Australia is an island. Australia is an island. Yes, it is. But (laughs) we're part of a global economy. We're a global citizen. Indeed, we are. And we need our global partners to be going well for us to succeed. We export a lot. And if those markets are strong, we'll be cooking with gas or Maybe other nations will be cooking with our gas, but you get the gist. (laughs) Something like that, which is why there's been a lot of focus on our relationship with China, our largest trading partner. Politics and China's geopolitical ambitions created some testing times in 2020, and that hasn't changed. Yeah, but they're also buying heaps of our iron ore at the moment at a very high price, and that's been good for our overall export position. All eyes, though, will be on the US and President Joe Biden's handling of the coronavirus in the hope that cases come down and that the US economy gets firing again. That's important not just for our direct trade relationship, it's also important for relationships across the globe. It's another big year coming up for the economy. It always is, but 2021 in particular. And that's our shortcut to what's happening with the economy. On to our recommendations. 
Each episode of Squish Shortcuts, we recommend some further reading, listening or watching. Mine's an Instagram account. I feel that we may have recommended this before, but it's been a while. <laughs> it's the AVS, the Australian Bureau of Statistics Instagram account. Sounds really dry. It's not. It's hilarious. It's informative. Whoever runs it, we're big fans. <laughs> we are. And <laughs> if you can make stats exciting, and we think stats are exciting on in and of themselves, but Instagram really helps with that cause. Yeah. I've got a recommendation to jump into Stephen Bartholomew's writing. He writes for The Herald and The Age. Uh, He writes about business and finance and the economy, and he's about the most accessible, I reckon, anyway, uh, going around, and he's always entertaining, so check him out. Not too many big words? Oh, a few of them, but you can, you know... You can, you can get your head around it. Yeah, 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 gotcha. A link to both of those is in your episode notes, as always. Thanks for listening in. Next week, we're tackling Taiwan. A big one, Claire. <laughs> it sure is, but probably going to be in the news a bit this year by the sounds of it. Yeah, for sure. We'll get ahead of that one. Thanks for listening in. If you like what you've heard, please tell people about our shortcuts. Of course, don't forget, you can also get an email version of our Squeeze Shortcuts. If you're interested, just head to thesqueeze.com.au and you can sign up. That's all from us. Until next week. 